SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, it is happy hour here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Yes, it is happy hour even on a Monday morning. Why? Because we have an NCAA tournament beginning this week and we have the bracket set in the field of 68 and game spreads and totals out and future markets moving and all that goes into making the madness in the month of March. That is what we do here during happy hour on the morning after. But we'll have a ton for you across the sports landscape in this final hour of our show. Some props to look out for on the Monday night slate before we get to the big dance and a look at those future prices with our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sharapan, as we need the advice right now to try to make sense of this madness. I am Ben Stevens. Let's get rolling here to open up hour number three with our West Coast wake up. We welcome in our West Coast audience and out kind of in the West Coast last night in Phoenix, Arizona, a place I was this weekend. Personally, so were the Los Angeles Lakers. I had a great weekend. The Lakers did not have a great Sunday night out in the Valley, losing to the Suns 111-140. Phoenix putting up 140 points, nearly beating the Lakers by 30. Phoenix is the only team in the NBA to already clinch a postseason berth. 54-14 and 14 straight up this year for the Phoenix Suns, the best record in the association. They were booked as a favorite last night, a 7.5-point favorite, in fact, for Phoenix, and they covered that number. And it was the first time for Phoenix covering as a favorite in their last four tries. Phoenix was very comfortable as a favorite. In fact, booked as a favorite in 59 of the 68 games this year, 31 and 28 against the number, which is very profitable for a team that has been booked as a favorite as often as the Suns. When you are expected to win a game, you are booked as a favorite. When you are expected then to potentially cover a number and you do at a winning percentage higher than 50%, That's pretty profitable in this industry, in the sports gambling space. Devin Booker last night, a huge game. 30 points, 10 dimes against the Lakers. LeBron had 31 points on the other side, but Los Angeles has now lost seven of their last nine games, only covering twice in that nine-game span. If you're looking maybe for some more profits on the Lakers, not sure why you would at this point, but they have hit the over in five of their last six games, but are now 36-1. to To win the Western Conference, the longest price we have seen on the Lakers all year long. Phoenix remains the lone favorite at plus 160, 30 cents ahead of where the Golden State Warriors are with the second best number. But in this West Coast wake-up, it's not just about basketball right now. It's also not just about college basketball right now. Spring training has begun for Major League Baseball once again. And the free agency frenzy that we expected slightly to happen over the weekend has been a little bit tempered, but there have been some moves, including for the L.A. Dodgers here in this West Coast wake-up. 
bringing back King Kershaw, as he is known, out in the City of Angels. Clayton Kershaw returning to the Los Angeles Dodgers, coming back to be a part of Dave Roberts' pitching staff for this upcoming year in 2022. So as spring training begins across the entire major leagues, as we get into camp and as we start to see these rosters shake out, the free agency frenzy will continue. There have been some steadfast rumors that Freddie Freeman might be very interested in signing with the Dodgers as well. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the third hour of the morning after on a Monday on the Spiz Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. Major League Baseball back on Thursday. Spring training underway yesterday. Everybody reporting to camp and being a part of this ramp up until April 7th, Opening day across the majors for this new MLB season. Clayton Kershaw back with the LA Dodgers, who are the favorites, unsurprisingly so, to win the World Series. But a favorite with a very short price, plus 600. Compare that to the Houston Astros, who have the second best odds at 10 to 1. Four dollars of difference there between the favorite price of the LA Dodgers to the second best odds in Houston. But following the Astros, a much more compact field. The White Sox and the Mets only a dollar behind, 11 to 1. The Blue Jays and the Yankees, a dollar behind that at 12 to 1. In the reigning World Series champion Atlanta Braves, tied alongside the San Diego Padres and the Tampa Bay Rays at 14 to 1, tied for the sixth best odds to win this upcoming world series so that's where the market stands right now in major league baseball pretty soon i hope we will get some team win totals up there for major league baseball as we get ready in this less than a month time for this major league baseball season so we'll start to take a look at the futures market and how it might move given some of the biggest free agent names that still need a new destination where will carlos correa go where will freddie freeman end up if he is back in atlanta alongside a healthy ronald acuna jr does that price on the reigning world series champion atlanta braves at 14 to 1 get even shorter those are the questions we can ask now and answers we can start to dive into that the lockout has ended in a major league baseball season is on the horizon very very shortly it is fun we are back. MLB is back, which begins a great stretch of sports that begins in just a couple of days with college basketball and the NCAA tournament. The first four starting tomorrow night in Dayton, Ohio. Two more games on Wednesday, and the opening round gets started on Thursday. The NBA in the postseason push here in the home stretch of the regular season, under 15 games left, and Major League Baseball is back. It's a good time in sports. Stay right here on the morning after on Sports sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com We're all dancing right now in the month of March as we get ready for the NCAA tournament, otherwise known as the Big Dance. This is the Monday following Selection Sunday, now that the bracket has been revealed, right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. What a great week of content we have for you on the Spiz Grizz, getting you set for the NCAA tournament, because it's not just about 
filling out the perfect bracket or beating all of your college buddies in your bracket pool. It's making sure you have individual game profitability, single game profitability, even in the month of March. Maybe you pick an underdog that doesn't advance to the next round, but covers for you one final time to make your Thursday into Friday, into Saturday, into Sunday, even that much better. And let's just take a moment here to appreciate the greatness that we have on the horizon. Thursday is the opening round of 64 in the NCAA tournament. Thursday is St. Patrick's Day here. That is going to be absolutely incredible. That is why we love the NCAA tournament in the big dance. A celebration for sure. That is the overall bracket. The field is 68 for the 2022 NCAA tournament that culminates in New Orleans with the Final Four and the National Championship game exactly three weeks from tonight we saw tons of movement in the national championship market based on the bracket being revealed let's go look at some of that value right there to win the natty right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook Gonzaga has been the favorite all year long they were the favorite with a very short price in the preseason at plus 650 through most of the year we saw that number get down to the low four dollar range around plus 410 plus 430 entering selection Sunday Gonzaga was plus 380 Right now, the Zags 3-1 to one with the shortest price we have seen all year to win a national championship. Double the value then on Arizona, the one seed in the South region. 6-1 to one for the Arizona Wildcats. Another group of Wildcats, Kentucky, the number two seed in the East region, has the third best price at plus 850. A dollar and a half ahead of the one seed in the East region, the Baylor Bears, who are 10 to 1. Excuse me, Baylor has now moved back even right now. Market movement on a Monday in March. Baylor 12 to 1 right now to win the NCAA tournament. Kansas is ahead of them at 10 to 1. Kansas is the one seed in the Midwest region. I have some doubts about Kansas. The two seed in the Midwest region is Auburn at 16 to 1. Duke had market movement against them following the reveal of the bracket yesterday. Why did they move from 13 to 1? To 17 to 1. It wasn't because of the loss in the ACC tournament title game against Virginia Tech. It would be it was because they are the two seed in the West region, that being occupied by the one seed in that region, Gonzaga. Keep an eye on Texas Tech, the three seed in that West region. Texas Tech 25 to 1 right now to win the national championship. Let's have some fun with some upsets, shall we? Let's take a look at some of the best games in that opening round of 64. And we stay in the West region to begin. Arkansas is the four seed. The 13 seed is Vermont. The Catamounts are the dominant champion out of the America East. Vermont has won eight straight games to get to this point here in the NCAA tournament. They covered in six of those. Five of those six covers as a double-digit favorite. You want to know how dominant is a team in a mid-major conference? Well, when you're booked as a favorite in pretty much every single game and you still cover numbers, that means you're doing a great job living up to expectation. Vermont, 18-11 and 11 against the number this year in the line for that opening round game against the Razorbacks of Arkansas and I've been riding the must bus all year and I hate that I'm probably going to pick against them or at least Vermont to cover a five-point spread opened up at six points for that matchup between the Catamounts and the Razorbacks that a 4-13 matchup in the last uh four excuse me or the last three rather NCAA tournaments we have seen five 13 seeds pull off the outright upset 
over a four seed. Maybe a trendier pick than that classic 5-12 matchup we all tend to look at. Well, I'm going to look at one 5-12 matchup over in the South region. Houston has been a team the metrics have loved all year long. In fact, as the Cougars enter the NCAA tournament, Houston is the fourth-rated team in Ken Palm's efficiency ratings at 29-5, the champions out of the American Athletic Conference. Houston, a top-10 defense, a top-11, or excuse me, a top-10 offense, a top-11 defense often and we'll get this sample size from the very own man that did the research for this in Kevin Walsh tomorrow you need an elite group to win a national championship and Houston has both of those very balanced metrics the 10th most efficient offense the 11th most efficient defense Houston certainly has that but I look at UAB getting nine points against the Cougars in the opening round of 64 I'm not sure the Blazers are going to beat the Houston Cougars, but I think that UAB can cover a nine-point spread. So far this year, UAB 3-0 against the number when booked as an underdog. Two of those three covers coming by way of an outright win. The only game they did not win, but they covered as an underdog, a two-and-a-half-point underdog against San Francisco, another tournament team. They lost that game against USF by two points. Let's look at that matchup for San Francisco in the opening round of 64 against another mid-major, the seventh seed in the East, Murray State. The Racers, the seventh seed. The champions out of the Ohio Valley Conference, a perfect season in the OVC. San Francisco, an at-large bid out of the WCC. Three teams from the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and San Francisco into the big dance. It is an absolute shame. The NCAA Tournament Selection Committee pitted Murray State and USF against each other in the opening round. Two of the best mid-major programs you will find in this bracket. It's a shame they have to play each other because one of them deserves probably a longer run in the madness than they are set up for right now as we get ready for the big dance. But it is going to be, if not the best, one of the best games in the opening round of 64. Don't believe me? Look at the spread right now. It's actually in favor of the 10 seed, the lower seed here, San Francisco against Murray State. USF, a one and a half point favorite against the Racers out of Murray State, plus 102 on that money line. Murray State, again, perfect in OVC play this year, including the conference tournament. 20 in O to claim the conference championship and that automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Murray State, 2-1 and one against the number when booked as an underdog this year. Only three games booked as a dog for the Racers, but against very, very good teams. In conference play against Belmont, they won that game outright. Non-conference play against Memphis, they won that game outright as an 11.5-point underdog. And then, oh yeah, against the two-seed in the Midwest region, the Auburn Tigers. They did not win that game outright. They did not cover in that game against Auburn, but it was a 12-and-a-half-point spread, and Murray State lost by 13 points. So they have been very competitive in their step-up of competition so far throughout this year. And they haven't been an underdog, has Murray State, since the middle of January back on January 15th. Also, as you look at the total for that game between Murray State and San Francisco, as we go find that updated number right now, because those lines are moving on the FanDuel Sportsbook on a Monday. Murray State, whoa! Talk about line movement. A flippity-flip there in the number. Murray State now a one-and-a-half-point favorite for that game on Thursday night against San Francisco. Man, that's going to be a good one. That is going to be a great one. 9.40 p.m. Eastern tip 
for Murray State and San Francisco. The over-under that I was alluding to, 137. The Racers have played an under in seven of their last 10 games. San Francisco has covered in their final three games, four of their last five entering the big dance, but against the spread all year long, USF 13, 18, and one against the number. San Francisco, a top 20 efficient defense in the country. Of all the totals for San Francisco in the 130s or lower, they have played to an over since the month of January. Something to keep in mind. 137, Murray State in San Francisco. One of the great games that we have in the opening round of 64. The madness has arrived. Let's get ready for the big dance. But before we get to tomorrow night in Dayton, Ohio, in the start of the first four, we need some plays for this Monday night. So, of course, Tom Vecchio is here to answer the call. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. We are getting ready for the NCAA tournament, but no games in college hoops tonight, but some action in the NBA. So to set you up for what we hope will be a profitable run here in the NCAA tournament, we start on this Monday night with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio and the prop perspective for a Monday evening slate. Tom, how excited are you for the NCAA tournament? I'm very excited. No, I'm not. As I've said before, I'm not a big college basketball, college football guy, but I do get into it this time of year. You know, hopefully we get some uh, NBA winners tonight, line people up uh, for the start of the tournament. Uh, so I'm ready to go. Nine games to on tonight's slate. Tom, I hope they have player props available at certain points throughout the big dance because there are a couple of players I will bet overs on relentlessly, like Oscar Shibway out of Kentucky or David Roddy for Colorado State, but we can talk about a prop perspective in college basketball at a later time. A couple of good ones in the NBA tonight, including a battle of the MVP, MVP frontrunners in Philadelphia. The Sixers hosting the Denver Nuggets with Philly being a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And right now, Tom, Joel Embiid is the favorite to win the NBA MVP. Nikola Jokic has the second shortest price. Nikola Jokic has been on an absolute tear. Five of his last eight games have resulted in a triple-double. Can they set the prop numbers high enough for you to stay away from Nikola tonight? Dude, if they got to a certain point, obviously I wouldn't be interested. I think this is going to be a great game to watch just you know, from a head-to-head -head match between Embiid and Jokic. I would lean towards the sell, uh, towards the 76ers in this match, which is because the line is so small. Ultimately, I think that they have a better team. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. we see Will Barton, Monty Morris, Aaron Gordon, you know, leaving a little bit to be desired on the offensive end for the Nuggets. And, you know, just with Harden and the emergence of Tyrese Maxey for the 76ers, I think I would lean to them. You know, if we're going to call all things equal between Embiid and Jokic, I would take Harden and Maxey over the role players for the Nuggets. So if you're looking to Embiid and Jokic, uh, you know, be ready for this game to stay super close. That's obviously what we want to see. We don't want to be seeing a blowout. And I would uh, ultimately look towards the points, rebounds, and assists for both of them rather than just points straight up for either of them. So another really good game tonight out in Utah between the Milwaukee Bucks 
and the Utah Jazz. And right now, Tom, when you look at that from a prop perspective, I know a person you are highlighting, Giannis Antetokounmpo. How do you evaluate his props for tonight's matchup against Utah? So the first spot that I'm going is directly to his rebounds. The over on 11 and a half tonight, it's sitting at plus 103. Uh, he's averaging 11 and a half for the year, but since the All-Star break in the eight games, he's averaging 12.8 per game. We're dealing with a 234 over-under. It's a one and a half point spread. It's super, super high. This is all good to see. And there's potentially no Rudy Gobert for the Jazz who missed their most recent game. So taking out that defensive option, the main rebounder for the Jazz should make things that much easier for Tentacle. So the 11 and a half line with plus money in a super close game with a very high over-under is basically everything that we want to see for Tentacupo, who's putting up 14, 16, 17 in some of these recent games. So that's the first spot or one of the first spots that I look because I know that Gobert missed their most recent game. So if he's out, you know, we're going to be seeing plenty of minutes for Tentacupo in a close game and the potential for another 15 plus rebounds. Tom, the best players in the NBA are the best players for a reason. So whether it's Giannis or Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, they put up numbers because they are the best. But how do you approach the star players in the prop market and what might be a more public look at the biggest players in the game? So approaching them, you know, especially at this time of year, as I mentioned before, is, you know, looking to how many minutes that they're playing and ultimately looking to the spreads for game by game basis. So tonight, Trey Young, for example, is going up against Portland. That game's a 13 and a half, 14, 14 and a half point spread against yeah. the Trailblazers. They're not good this year, the Trailblazers. Atlanta, they're better than the Trailblazers. They're still not playing a whole ton of defense. So looking towards the over on someone like Trey Young tonight could actually be a little bit risky because if they're up by 20 points, you know, in the fourth quarter, Trey Young's simply not going to be playing. You know, coming down to the end of the season, 12, 13, 14 games left, like getting him a few extra minutes of rest could be a big deal if they can do that multiple times. So I like looking to star players that are specifically in close games because we will know they will be out there for 35, 38, or 40 minutes compared to 29 or 32, which may not seem like a big difference, but in the grand scheme of things, getting an extra six shot attempts could be huge for players, you know, points over. Yeah, for sure. Blowout theory certainly comes into effect when you have a 14-point spread for a Portland team that is actively trying to lose basketball games. The fade the Blazers at all costs streak came to an end on Saturday against the Washington Wizards. Portland snapping a six-game losing skid and a six-game non-cover skid, beating the Wizards outright as a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, Tom Vecchio, where are you looking on the board? That would be to De'Aaron Fox at 25 and a half, the over on his points and the over at 36 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I think this line is just wrong. Since the All-Star break, he's averaging 29.6 uh, points per game in the nine games since the All-Star break. He's going over in six to nine. And in three of the past four games, he's gone for 32, 41 and 44 points. He's also averaging 7.7 assists per game uh, in these, uh, uh, was it nine games this side of the All-Star break for a combined total of 37 points and just assists, not points, rebounds, and assists, just 37 points and assists in the nine games this side of the All-Star break. Meanwhile, his points, rebounds, and assists is at 36 and a half. So I think both of those lines are just simply wrong tonight. Very little juice on them. The over-under is 236 against the Bulls. We're dealing with a three and a half point spread. I'm not sure why these lines are so low. So I absolutely love De'Aaron Fox tonight. On the other side of this game, I'm a big fan of Vucevic tonight. The lines aren't out for the Bulls players because Zach Levine is listed as questionable. Over the weekend, we saw the Kings play the Jazz, and the Jazz did not have Rudy Gobert. Hassan Whiteside went for 12-21 and 21 against the Kings. 
that was obviously no Rudy Gobert. So if Hassan Whiteside can go for 12 and 21 against the Kings, Vooch with potentially no Zach Levine could easily go for a double-double. So if you can find a double-double plus win bonus or win combination for the Bulls, that would be a spot I absolutely love tonight. There's also no lines out for Carl Anthony Towns or Shea Gilgis-Alexander, two players I have a ton of interest in tonight, given their matchups. Uh, SGA going up against the Hornets, it's a pace-up spot, high over-under, great matchup for Towns going up against the Spurs, who play super fast. That game also has a super high over-under. So we're dealing with like a lot of high-scoring games tonight, and the star players yeah. could just fill up the stat sheet you know, immensely tonight. Tom, that player performance double for Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls to get a win tonight has come out on the FanDuel Sportsbook plus 126 for that to be the case. Again, the Bulls, a three-and-a-half-point favorite for Nikola Vucevic to get a double-double, which he has done a ton over the past two months. Is it plus 126? Tom, you mentioned the over-under and how you correlate those totals, especially on the higher end, to where you can find profitability in the prop market, whether it's on SGA, whether it's on CAT, Carl Anthony Towns himself. How do you evaluate the total perspective into the prop market? So the total is is probably the first thing I look at. It's or I should say total and the spread is like 1A, 1B. And then looking at teams that play super fast. You know, tonight's matchup against the, what is it, Cavaliers versus the Clippers. That's like it's a five and a half point spread. So you think that's good, but the over-under is sitting at 211 or 212 or 210. And both teams are in the bottom half of the league when it comes to offensive pace. So while Garland and Mobley, you know, are the primary drivers of the offense now because Jared Allen is out. Uh, the overs on them look a little bit wary tonight just because we may not be seeing a ton of possessions back and forth. Both teams are you know, pretty solid on defense. So looking to overs in lower scoring games can certainly be tough, especially for some of the secondary options, which I specifically like to look at. I've, I've talked about Kelvin Johnson before, Jared Vanderbilt, Bobby Portis. Some of the secondary players can really have a tough time in these lower scoring games because we know the teams are going to be leaning on their primary scores. So, so I stick to the you know, star players in the lower scoring games, also the star players, obviously, in the higher scoring games. But I like to look to the secondary players as well in those higher scoring games just because, you know, picking up a rebound or an assist and a player has a 22 PRA combined, uh, that's easy to get to if there's just going to be, uh, you know, 240 points combined. So the secondary players in the higher scoring games is a spot that I absolutely look, as you know. A great part of how you tear out your handicapping. Everything can be correlated and you can find some value in that way. So, Tom, it doesn't just stop for you on the NBA hardwood tonight. To the ice we go, a National Hockey League prop you are looking at. Which one and why? Yeah, there's only one game in the NHL tonight. The Arizona Coyotes taking on the Ottawa Senators. Two teams that you know, aren't particularly known for their defense. So I'm siding with the Senators. Uh, going to Josh Norris, the over two and a half shots on goal. It's sitting at plus 120. Get a little bit of plus money in there. It's always good to see. He's been over in three of the past five games. Uh, first forward line, first power play duties for him is always good to see. We look to both teams on defense, and they're the fifth worst and the fourth uh, worst for the Coyotes and the Senators, respectively, for the most shot attempts allowed per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations. So this is in kind of an open back and forth type of game. The over under sitting at six right now. I like the over. Again, both teams don't play a whole lot of defense. We should see plenty of action back and forth. I don't know who's going to win this game. It could be four to three on either side. We just should, she should see plenty of shots for Josh Norris. Great, uh, you know, offensive roles for him. So it's plus money and he only needs three shots. That's one per period. He can certainly get it done. Boom. Tom Beckett, how many brackets are you planning to fig fill out here for the NCAA tournament? 
Well, I have to first look at the bracket because I haven't seen it yet. So I would go to immediately one and then maybe a second one if I'm feeling spicy, depending on how many pools I join. Uh, But it's definitely going to be at least one. Listen, you give us great advice and you give us great plays to keep an eye on for each and every Monday here on the morning after. If If I may reciprocate in any way for the NCAA tournament, you please let me know. They're probably not going to be as successful as your plays are on a weekly basis, but I can try to lend some advice to the best of my abilities. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joining us as always on a Monday on TMA to provide that prop perspective. Tom, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And MLB's back, so that means home runs soon. Woo! The home run prop king is what Tom Vecchio is known as. Stay tuned for some of those great plays in just a couple of weeks as well. More of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on a Monday right here on the Spiz Grizz, otherwise known as the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, watching all across the Sports Grid Network. And you are about to listen and watch as we bring on our sportsbook conciliary live from Pittsburgh, although he's really in Las Vegas because it's always nighttime in Pittsburgh. It is Dave Sharapan back here on a Monday following Selection Sunday to hopefully help us make sense of the madness. Dave Sharapan, thank you for joining us once again here on a Monday on TMA. What is up, Ben? My goodness, what a time to be alive. There is so much going on. And then this guy comes on Sunday and announces that he's coming back. On Selection Sunday? Like, no one close to Brady could have said, hey, man, wait until tomorrow. We'll really own the day. I mean, they're going to finish the golf tournament and everything on Monday, but everybody would be worried about the brackets and stuff. You could come back on Monday. So it was a little bit of a, 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 a move where, you know, like the wise guys in the book, they would bet, um, you know, they would bet like baseball futures right during the first round Thursday. Like this week, you know, they would take their shot distracting you when there's something else was going on. Still a little mad at Brady, but I figured I'd wear the creamsicle for you today. Well, let's start right there before we dive into the madness, because what Tom did last night on Selection Sunday was also pretty maddening if you were watching the College Hoops breakdown. But so, Dave, we know that we can see tons of market movement when a quarterback decides to make a move. And that's exactly what we saw as soon as as Tom Brady announced he was unretiring and coming back for his 23rd NFL season. The Bucks quickly became a co-favorite in the NFC alongside the Green Bay Packers and are now tied for the second best price to win the Super Bowl at plus 750. Why is it, Dave, that quarterbacks of this stature, whether it be Tom Brady last night, Aaron Rodgers last week, or Russell Wilson in that blockbuster trade, move the market as much as they do, as quickly as they do? Well, you have to move this thing in the NFC. I think a little over-aggressive, and this move, it makes perfect sense, but 
you're looking for Tampa Bay money when he announces he's going to retire. So you had to move it up, all right, and try to get some out there. But you cautiously, I mean, I've been saying since he retired, since the first day that he even talked about retiring, that he was coming back. So I wouldn't have moved this thing as high as maybe some other places and been ready for this. And immediately it comes down. Now, is it justified that they're better than uh, some of the teams in the AFC? Probably not. But it has to be the same price right now as the Packers because now with Brady being there, there's (laughs) – I don't want to say there's not a lot of challengers in the NFC (laughs) – but there's not a lot of challenges in the NFC, Ben. I mean, who else is there? There's Packers, Bucks, and everybody else. If if Donald retires from the Rams, they're going to take a step back too. Like, so I don't even know who else to put third, but I know you got to put those two above everyone else. And they're tied right now, the Packers and the Bucks at plus three fifty. The reigning Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, a dollar behind at plus 450 so pretty tight there at the top of the marketplace and I think the question around the NFC isn't the front runners or the favorites it's it's the rest of the depth in that conference so Dave you mentioned the idea that you had to move this number that the movement happens pretty quickly in that as we saw the market movement on the Bucks price it opened at 12 to 1 and then went to 22 to 1 after Tom announced his initial retirement if we want to call it that still and now down to plus <laughs> 750 is the number almost baked in does the book have an adjustment ready to go if and when tom brady confirms this type of return to the nfl oh yeah it's it this is an easy move i mean you can't go too much lower but it's only a couple uh a couple rungs down the ladder the move up was the was the harder move you don't know how far away to get from you know where it needed to be because I mean, if he doesn't come back and then they have to go get a quarterback because they don't really have one and it's complete, everybody leaves. Now, I'm not saying you do what you did with Seattle, but you have to, you know, move it up to to, to move everybody down. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's probably, a, it's always a fun source of debate in the room where, you know, I mean, you and I could talk for 15 minutes. We did out in L.A. about, you know, wrestling was popular. Yes, That became an hour-long debate that we referenced 10 times. This type of move would cause one of those not knockdown, drag-out affair discussions in the room, but it'd be like, don't move it at all. Move it, you know, from 12 to 10, move it to 8, move it to 6, or leave it. Like, you could have any one of those discussions, but it had to be moved, and, you know, now I guess we can move on and talk about some college basketball. Let's do that, Dave Sherapan. Let us do that because you are our sportsbook conciliary. You are a former odds maker. I want to ask you about the process of setting numbers for the NCAA tournament. How quickly are you able to break down the bracket, get a line for a spread and a total out there as soon as you know what the matchup is? It's crazy because I've said this for years, and now that I see it – you know, because we have all these outlets and, and great shows and stuff talking about this stuff. This is just another day of games for, for you know, the guys in the book. This is just another basketball game. What's this team's power rating? What's this team's power rating? Put it in, sprinkle a little bit on top, throw the number up. The numbers aren't that hard to make. The numbers are that hard to move 
and kind of see because there's more money bet on these games this week than there are bet on college basketball games anytime throughout the season. All eyes are on this. So you have to fix the, you know, the championship odds. There was the graphic right there. Those have been up, okay, for yep. uh, eight months approximately. You've been taking bets on all this stuff. Now you see the bracket. Those things have to be massaged a little bit. You know, you have to move maybe some teams up, move a couple teams down. This path looks a little easier. You know, the Midwest looks a lot different than the East. And so, all right, if you look at Kansas, they win, they win, they win. Wow, they're going to get to the Final Four. You maybe have to adjust those prices. So it's a fun time, but um, it's it's really um, – there's a process to it. Let's put it that way. And it's really uh, it's really a lot of fun. So, Dave, you mentioned those national championship odds. That was going to be my next question. We are in lockstep today as we transition from topic to topic because Gonzaga, who these odds have been out for eight months, has wow. been the favorite all year long. It opened in the preseason at plus 650. It got as low as plus 380 throughout the regular season. And on this Monday, following the reveal of the bracket, the Zags are a very short favorite of plus 300. Double the price is Arizona at 6-1. to one. So, Dave, I've been making the argument here that because of how short the number is on Gonzaga to win an NCAA tournament, which you aptly describe as a six-game money line parlay here in the month of March and into early April, because of the short number on the Zags, there's value on the rest of the board, even on the other favorites. Do you agree with that sentiment as we get ready for the big dance? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that it's only plus 380 on the Zags. It really is. As good as they are, we've seen them lose already. And we've seen them lose bad. Like, it wasn't like it was just one off or, or you know, one bad shooting night. Like, they've lost games. So only getting plus 380, you know, we call it the rollover money line, you know, where you bet the Zags for your unit and then you win and you roll it over and you do that six times. And I think you're going to come out yep. with better than plus 380. A hundred percent. There's definitely value on some of these other teams, Ben. But the problem is try to find one or two that you just think can get to the final four. If you do that, you're being way ahead of the game. Okay. Um, because then you'll have a price that you can work with and work off of, meaning maybe bet the other side, get a middle, do different things. But yes, I think there's all kinds of um, value all over that futures board. And I think there are teams that I think are being maybe not discounted, but like they can't win four games just to get to the final four. Cause that, that's all your goal should be right now. When you're looking at that future board, get me to the final four. That's it. And then you'll be in a really good position. Lock step. I say lock step because that was the next question. The idea of those profitability margins you can have, not by cashing a ticket, but just being in the opportunity for those hedge or money line middling opportunities. So, for instance, Dave, I look at the West region right now. Gonzaga is the number one overall seed, the one seed in that region, of course. I already have a futures ticket on Texas Tech at plus 550 to reach the Final Four. Mm. I do believe, as of right now, the way the bracket sets up, that the Red Raiders will meet Gonzaga in that West regional final in the Elite Eight. So how do you explain that strategy a little bit more thorough for people in terms of just having value when that ticket sits in your pocket? 
Well, now that leaves you the option, right? If you get that matchup in that Western, you know, in that West final. So you'll have the Zags. They'll be a shorter favorite than you think, too. I mean, if it gets right. to that point, it's not like you're going to have to lay eight with the Zags and then you can leave yourself options with the in-game betting option, too. We do that every night, you know, on in-game live where you're holding a ticket, a money line ticket on Texas Tech to win it all at 20 to one or whatever your price is from before. And now you can bet the Zags money line. You can lay two to one or two and a half to one. And you're just kind of earning as you go and, and building up your position. Now, um, you have to get that matchup. So that <laughs> that's that's the game. If you don't get that matchup, then yes, you, you, you know, you take a risk. But we all do that every day. So this right. is the fun time to do it. And listen, you only got a couple more weekends of college basketball. That's it. So then we'll be, you know, talk about lockstep with uh, NBA, NHL. Yeah. And then whew, yeah. at least we got Major League Baseball. We, we, we have baseball to talk about. So that's a relief, though, as well. Dave, quickly here, because the no, the month is known as madness. It is truly March yes. madness when we get to the NCAA tournament. Normally, favorites are the public side. How public do underdogs become for single game scenarios in the NCAA tournament? You saw what happened over this course of this week, right? Like there was a lot of times that, I mean, I think Saturday there were dogs that covered but didn't win. That's a yeah. dream scenario, okay, for the books. Because <laughs> you, you lay the points with the favorite and they take the dog on the money line. This week, a little bit different. You get those numbers. When, when there's a real disparity between levels of talent and depth, the favorites do win and cover, it seems like. But, man, those dogs are alive. You put a couple of them dogs together on the money line, ooh, hey. ooh, you get some ooh. big payouts, and that means more Bud Light, even for Iowa fans. Even for Iowa fans who are going to be drinking a ton of Bush Light for the Hawkeyes ooh. opening round matchup in that part of their bracket as well. Dave Sherapan joining us here on the morning after on this Monday, our Sportsbook Conciliary, a wonderful breakdown of what to expect for the big dance. Making sense of the madness, that's what Dave does. Dave, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. Let's hope the Big Ten gets us to at least two teams in the Sweet 16. Uh, I hope so. More of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our three hours together here on a Monday all the morning after on Sports Grid about to come to a close. You've been listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, watching all across the Sports Grid network, and I am Ben Stevens. It is the Monday following Selection Sunday. The bracket is set. The field of 68, we know each and every one of the teams. In three weeks from tonight, there will be two teams left playing for a national championship. But everybody in the big dance, a 16 seed, an 8 seed, a 5 seed, a 1 seed, a 2 seed, it does not matter. They all begin with the same goal. The first four gets underway in Dayton, Ohio tomorrow. Two more games then on Wednesday before the opening round of the big dance truly starts in the round of 64 on Thursday 
into Friday. I have chills as we speak about it. But before we get there, we, of course, have some action on this Monday night as well across the sports landscape and in the NBA. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for an NBA best bet of sorts. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. I am a college basketball junkie through and through. This is my favorite time of year in the month of March. I have spent the majority of the last 24, 48 hours handicapping conference tournaments and looking now at the bracket and what it lays out for as we begin in the madness in the month of March. Has a lot of my attention been on the NBA? No, so take this with a grain of salt. The Warriors are a 12-point favorite tonight at home against the Washington Wizards. Last Tuesday night, the Dubs snapped a five-game losing skid, a losing skid in which the defense was abysmal, maybe leading to a lot of those losses because Golden State, although they have the Splash Brothers, has one of the most efficient defenses in the NBA. They have now won three straight games, have the Warriors, and in every three of those wins, the total has gone under. Golden State, a 12-point favorite against Washington tonight, favored by a lot to win that basketball game. I think if the Warriors win, the total of 225 stays under. The morning after, each and every weekday, right here on Sports Grid. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.